When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. As a lot of you who follow The Tent know, I'm pretty opinionated and passionate on a variety of aquarium hobby topics. Now, one of the concepts that has always sort of governed what I do in the hobby is this complete disdain for shortcuts and doing things the cheap and easy way. Not because I'm a jerk with a lot of money and this greater than thou attitude and not because I want to shit on everybody that comes up with a way to save money or do something faster or whatever. No, it's because I've been in this hobby long enough to know when a short-term decision to do something a certain way or to forego a pricey or important piece of gear will have a long-term negative consequence in your aquarium over the long haul. Sure, there's ways to save some money. And not all of them involve waiting for the local fish store to have a big sale. There are ways to DIY things, and those are great. Over the years, hobbyists have been pretty good at being resourceful about how to make their hobby more affordable. I love that. Yet I still go back and forth with this stuff. I sometimes have mixed feelings about the idea of saving money and doing stuff quickly. However, I continue to see a lot of articles, forum discussions, Reddit posts, and podcasts which spend a ton of time and bandwidth helping the hobbyists find cheap alternatives to some typical hobby practices and, and products and do DIY type or gen- Amazon generic substitution type versions of things you'd purchase from hobby related companies. Now, again, before you accuse me of being some butthurt vendor calling out everyone that wants to make their hobby more affordable as being you know cheap or whatever, let me clarify I think it's really cool that we're resourceful as hobbyists, and I'm absolutely 100% for keeping your hobby as affordable as possible. It's expensive. I get it. And sometimes, though, that does mean utilizing substitutes and alternative stuff for more expensive hobby equipment and stuff like that. Who am I, you know, who the hell am I to judge this stuff? I mean, for God's sake, I sell twigs and leaves and stuff that you can collect yourself from the empty lot down the street. I do that. On several occasions, however, I've recommended that you do so right here in this podcast. So even though the tone of this piece might be a bit slanted towards a slightly less sympathetic position, rest assured that I'm approaching this from a hobbyist perspective, not strictly a vendor's point of view. Looking for ways to save money on your hobby, particularly in financially challenging times, is never a bad thing. Sorry, I had to sip a cup of coffee. (laughs) However, I think it's in the how and why part of this approach where I sometimes get sort of rankled. There's a whole lot of subculture in the hobby uh, of people who will go out of their way to develop hacks to save money above almost anything else. Now, how is that fun, doing everything cheap and, let's face it, kind of shitty? I get it. Again, some people don't have the financial wherewithal to do things in a you know, off-the-shelf manner, and and I totally respect that and enjoy the hobby the way you want to do but I'll come out and say it some, but not all of these so-called money-saving ideas and approaches are just, I don't know, stupid and they're cheap and not sustainable. Uh, you want an example? 
I heard not long ago in a YouTube video, literally a recommendation to utilize table salt instead of marine salt mix to create a brackish water aquarium. Like, why in the hell would you do this? To literally save a few dollars, you'll skip over a carefully formulated, batch-tested, aquarium-specific, ecologically sensitive uh, salt designed to precisely, you know, precisely replicate the composition of seawater or brackish water in this case, with the full complement of trace elements and minerals in favor of something that you'd use in cooking. Sorry, I think that's just short-sighted and, well, it's stupid. And it is. And I've literally seen that several times. Like, in the long run, how much money will you save using table salt when you're essentially shortchanging your fishes by not providing them with the levels of, you know, trace elements and buffers and all that stuff which are found in marine salt mixes? Exchanging their health to take some half-witted shortcut goes against so much of what we in the hobby claim to value. So I could hear the angry, you know, rebuttal now. But yeah, Scott, that's all well and good, but not everybody can pay $15 for a bag of, you know, salt mix when the table salt's more affordable and it makes the hobby more accessible to a wider range of hobbyists. Yeah, okay, again, I kind of call bullshit on that, really. I dare say that the hobby is kind of pricey. That's a barrier to freaking entry. And quite frankly, if you can afford to do it right to create a system that provides for the basic health of your animals correctly, just don't do it. Or do it on a small scale. Ouch, I know that hurts. Don't get, don't start with a 50-gallon tank. Start with a 20-gallon tank. Yeah, I mean it. Some stuff just doesn't make sense to compromise on. Would you want your, I don't know, your surgeon to use uh, okay quality tools or sutures on you? Would you want the airline you fly on to use, you know, good enough parts on the airplane that you're flying on? Yeah, I didn't think so. I've begun setting up a new reef tank at my home first in quite a few years. I think I've talked about it here before. And I've applied my philosophy on virtually everything I've done, used, or added to this tank thus far. I've made really good decisions on setup and gear based on how I wanted to manage the tank long term about what it would be like to live with this tank and what the reason I'm choosing pieces of gear is. It's not about getting the latest trendy stuff just because. It's about function and it's about my process and, and making things work. Now, people in the hobby do that all the time, except I made one notably bad decision. I actually purchased a fairly important piece of gear, which I kind of had a hunch wasn't the best brand on the block. I thought, well, it's not super critical, you know, but it's a piece which uh, fell into what I often call a good value item. The price was a good value, which let's be honest to me is hobby shorthand for cheap. A piece of equipment that, although not absolutely vital to the function of the tank as I wanted to operate it, is something that's important enough and should be high quality and reliable in both the short and the long term to make a better decision. And it wasn't. I had a feeling, and sure enough, it didn't quite perform up to spec. And within about three days of compromised operation, it completely failed. And rather than doing what a lot of hobbyists would do, and I would encourage you to do, you know, going, you know, talking to the company, getting some technical support, seeing what went wrong. I, I played with it for about 10 minutes and then I literally just took it out and was about to toss it in the trash. Now, fortunately, I didn't because I know every, every once in a while in the future you could use those parts for something else and who knows. Mind you, this was a piece of gear that cost me a couple hundred dollars, actually more. So it wasn't exactly what I call disposable. I'd been around the hobby and the business for a while and I know when I made a bad decision. I thought this piece of gear would work though. I was wrong. Although based on past experience, I know that sometimes you can work with a you know piece of less than optimum gear for a while. 
However, this piece of gear in question represented what I consider to be a toxic element to my otherwise well-thought-out, carefully-equipped aquarium. It simply didn't work. And this honestly was in reality, it was poorly made, highly overrated in my opinion, and likely wouldn't have worked reliably long-term. It felt cheap and crappy. So yeah, I took the rather extraordinary move of eating the cash, literally cutting my losses, and just eliminating it from my system before it became a long-term liability. Now that's extreme. Perhaps someone call it impulsive, wasteful, rash, irresponsible, whatever. However, I don't see it that way. Yeah, I'm not made of money. It didn't feel good to eat a chunk of cash by tossing this piece of gear. However, the decision was, in my humble opinion, absolutely correct in the longer term. It would have been a continuous source of frustration, time-wasting, and a hit on the long-term reliability and smooth operation of my system. The time and effort I would have spent trying to fix it or limp it along simply wouldn't have been worth it to me. And again, lest you think I would have been better advised to work it out with the manufacturer, I squashed that idea right away. What would have been the point of trying to get a replacement or spare parts to limp along a piece of gear that was unreliable and quite honestly that I didn't like right out of the box? What, just to get another one that would be equally identical, you know, essentially identical and have the same shortcomings? No, that's not for me. The life forms I keep are too precious, my time's too valuable, and I want to enjoy the hobby. I don't want to tinker with gear. And sure, I could have given the piece of gear to another hobbyist rather than toss the thing onto the shelf in the garage. You know, of course, I could have given it to somebody with all those caveats. You know, hey, be careful with this thing. The pump and the adjustments are unreliable and cheap. But no, why foist a subpar piece of gear onto another person? Why justify the continuing manufacture and distribution and sales of a crappy product? That's literally how I see stuff. Life is too short. My garage is filled with, or was until I cleared it out not too long ago, a lot of gear that just was subpar over the years and I, there's no point in hanging on to it. Taking shortcuts on gear, on good practices, compromises like that, it's, it's never a good idea. Stay the course with the best practices. Ditch lousy gear. Yeah, economics is not always favorable for doing that. I get it. However, compromising the long-term health of your animals and the reliability and safety of your tank is far, far less favorable. Sure, we have to make compromises sometimes. However, it's not a compromise to continue to work with a piece of junky gear. Excuse me, to not continue to work with a piece of junky gear. Uh, it, it's simply living with a proverbial ticking time bomb, trouble waiting to happen at a very inconvenient time. Just don't do it. Life's too short to compromise long-term reliability and enjoyment for short-term convenience or comfort. This is a hobby and it's supposed to be fun. Keep it that way by not compromising this position. Taking this attitude sends a message to manufacturers that we won't accept subpar gear. It sends a message to fellow hobbyists that we're not going to take the shortcut or the easy way out just because it's cool and it's a hack and everybody does it. We're going to make the effort to educate ourselves, to learn, to research to ask questions for those who have been, you know, come before us and make our own decisions based on what we think we can do and what makes sense for us. Sure, by all means, if you really like a, a product, for example, work it out with the manufacturer to resolve your issue. However, if you objectively can see the thing not working out, cut your losses and move on. It's the same with technique. If you're using a technique that time and again has failed you and you can't execute it, something seems amiss to you, ditch it, research it, find a better way, innovate. And getting back to that gear again, perhaps that piece of gear works for 80% of the people who buy it, just not for you. 
or maybe about the one defective item that they make. However, if you objectively evaluate something and determine it to be unsuitable for your needs, let it go. Life is too short to compromise. Stay resolute, stay confident, stay decisive, stay patient, stay disciplined, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tin.